Mike check one two one two back again, live and direct. My boy Kevin. Hello, hello. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited to uh, get this new mic on the road yeah, here. Yeah, this is the first podcast with this big silver dildo. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a big silver dildo of sound. It is uh, <laughs> immaculate. So hopefully we sound a lot clearer. Hopefully, yeah, you're getting a better sound. This is the first time we're trying it out, so. Yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna take some good with the bad. We'll clean it up. <laughs> in we, post. we ain't got Joe Rogan money yet, man. Everyone, <laughs> those mics cost about five hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, <laughs> it's about a fifth that price. <laughs> so what's up? What do we got today? What do we? This one, this is your idea, right? This one, okay, this one is. So we're going in. Questions. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna do a three episode. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, Starting off with bench because. The bench master here in the front of me. The bench is the fucking king lift, first and foremost. By the way. Well, there's a ghost in the house. <laughs> my, my house is haunted. And doors close themselves around here. I shit my pants. That's that. So, uh, good right. episode, guys. Let's go. Guys, one take, Jake. We'll keep it going. Um, yeah, no. The, the bench is the king fucking exercise, man. When No one ever asks you how much you squat or deadlift. They want to know how much you bench. Yep. This, is, this is the real exercise. I'm, I'm excited. This is my baby. My athletes get pissed off because I like I take bench so seriously, and yep. it's like that, I'm the biggest dick on bench day of all the days, <laughs> you know. But that's my that was my baby. I, that was I was six thirty three bencher in contest, and I was probably what I was most proud of was was that lift. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess you have the the other ultimate athlete to be here because I'm on the wall four fifty five raw, so whatever. I'm so mad no one's taking that shit down yet. <laughs> Well, you know, one day. I mean, when it's the, impressive, the grow up. fuck. Somebody, come take this shit. Michael get it. Eventually. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of time. <laughs> so, um, I just want to start it off uh, at the bottom and work our way up. So, uh, warm-up. Uh, what do you do to get right? Uh, like, or is it like, um, do you do like a full body thing? Or is it just straight, get those, get your chest warm? Keep everything else cold as ice because you're you're tighter. So <laughs> Some weird like that. <laughs> no, that's because that's a good point. Let's break it down the two different ways that it would be for me as a power lifter, and then how I do it for my athletes. Yeah. Um, so let's go athletes first because that's what most people are here for. Um, but my athletes, like regardless of the day, they're doing that tough warm up that that we've talked about before. You know what I mean? That yep. kind of mini gymnastics class. And I've actually I've increased the intensity on the level three one. Like it's way harder now, right? Yeah. I've, I've taken some of the movements and comboed them together, and then we did like we added like the wheelbarrow. Um, like the partner wheelbarrow oh, yeah. instead of holding their legs they have to like squeeze with their legs like a Copenhagen plank they have to squeeze their hips to hold themselves up oh. as they wheelbarrow and if you fall you have to go back to the start and start over there we go and then we do that same thing but with plyo push-ups so you gotta do a push-up to move instead of walking Got like you. a yep. wheelbarrow yep um, so and they fucking that's the last one and then they got a bench and they fucking <laughs> hate it they feel so weak yeah, it's, it's because they complain that we do it because right? they fucking hate it like, <laughs> this is obviously what we need to get better at you know um, but they do that like I don't give a shit what the day is like don't like um Don, Don, my fucking dyslexia <laughs> with Dan John's name <laughs> John Donnie John <laughs> like, who gives this guy two first names come on now. Dan John once said that the uh, the warm up should be the workout, and I've always been a firm believer that like if we can't get anything else but the warm up done, then I know we had a productive day. Yeah. Right. So that that supersedes everything. I want a good warm up. 
for my athletes, that good gymnastics-based warm-up. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be a little weaker in the bench because they'll be so exhausted from the warm-up. Yeah. Um, from there, after the warm-up, I have them, uh, they might do uh, what I call the Super D uh, shoulder protocol, yep. where we take just like average band, uh, we, we loop it off the squat rack, um, arm goes through, so the the band is on your pec. I'm trying to describe this to all to audio. It's, it's yeah, it's like a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> the, the band will be like on your pec, slip knotted on the rack, and you do basically 10 uh, shoulder circles externally. Um, just with the, against the resistance of the band, and then I'll go ten times across the body and back, ten punches, and then kind of hinge down so you're looking at the ground, and then ten overhead punches. Uh, do that on both sides, um, and then for that, that would be about the extent of our athletes' warm up. And yep. then they're going to start at the empty bar, and no matter speed day or max day, whatever we're doing, we start with the empty bar, and we treat it like it's a max, like it's 100% of our one rep max, right? Yep. Um, because that that habit is important. Yes. Um, and basically with the empty bar, uh, we have our three grips, our close, our medium, and our wide grip. Uh, I'll go, I like to go 12 reps, uh, close grip, uh, 10 reps, medium grip, and eight reps, wide grip. Um, and then we just start working out plate and a quarter, plate and a quarter to wherever we're going. Okay. Um, um, so that's for the athletes, for power lifters. Yep. Fuck that warm up shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like you joke about like colder muscle being more like tougher to stretch yep. and stronger. I mean, it's not. That's not completely false, right? Like yep. we definitely want to warm the tissue up and stuff. But it, the the a power lifter, I like to have some stiffness in my body, yeah, um, because it would help. I felt I was springier, right? Like it was tougher to get weight down, but when I got it down, it kind of shot, shot it back up. up yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I I would warm up the areas that I would use when I was benching, but that was the extent. Like there was no fucking high knees or nothing. <laughs> there was nothing aerobic. Like when I was powerlifting. When I was really getting after like 340 pounds of fucking hatred, like I would, we we basically we'd crush like a 12 pack of donuts, um, and then we would do our the super D shoulder protocol. I'd grab a mini band, I'd do uh, 20 pull aparts, 20 flies with the band around my back, um, 20 tricep extensions, and then we'd start benching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so get after it, empty bar, 12, 10, 8, bang, bang, bang. Let's bench 500 pounds today. You know exactly. What I mean? So you can tell that that's a lot more specific because number one, you don't need to lose any weight. You're trying to stay big yeah. because big boys move big weight. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I guess I'm going to start uh, since we you said a little bit about the grips. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back from that. I'm gonna talk about setup. So yeah, yeah. would I go with should I go with grip or should I go with setup? Setup. No, first? let's go setup first. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you have a pretty specific setup. Uh, I tried to do my best to mimic. Uh, what it was originally, and then it's changed exponentially from there. <laughs> so, I mean, get into what it is to get a good setup because I found that's where 455, when it was stuck, my setup was what saved me to get the 455 all the way up. Yeah. Because I could, yeah, I could, I, I already knew what it was to be squished down. Like, so I knew I wasn't going anywhere, so I could just sit down and push myself into yeah. the and it's uh, for like for bench. anyone that understands how to bench press and has been in a proper setup yeah. understands exactly what you mean and anyone that hasn't been there has no fucking <laughs> clue <laughs> what you're talking about right now you know what I mean so um, yeah so the, the setup is, is the key to the bench press it's almost like Dave Tate talks about when a lifter has an issue with a lift it's usually like 90% technical 5% physical or 5% mental whatever yeah um, but with the bench press it's almost 100% technical right like it's such a such a difficult lift to execute of the three power lifts it's by far the the most difficult I think the most technical um, and it all starts with your setup right so you sort of 
the, the thing that I'll tell my athletes and lifters when they when I start teaching them how to bench is that the power isn't going to come from your chest, right? The bench press isn't a chest exercise. It's not an upper body exercise. It's a total body exercise. When I bench heavy, when I was powerlifting, like I'd get home, my feet were as sore as my hands were. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the bar was, my feet didn't do anything except they did everything because yes. that's where all my drive came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the, the setup is, is incredibly important because it's we're, we're trying to get as much uh, recruitment of every muscle in the body as we can, yeah. essentially. Um, and put ourselves in a mechanical advantage over the bar, right? So um, the way that I kind of preach the setup, and you you talk about how it changes, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's changed its core, it's just evolved in the way that I explain it. Yeah. Because each athlete needs a little bit of a different cue. Yes. You know what I mean? But essentially, what I'll tell them to do is kind of, I have them sit on the end of the bench, have put their arms out in front of them like a zombie, right? So elbows straight. I'd have them pull their shoulder blades together or retract their shoulder blades and then depress their shoulder blades. So so I say, like, pull your shoulder blades together and put them in your back pocket, Yeah. right? And when you put them in your back pocket, that's going to kind of engage your lats, yeah. right? If you kind of do that in front of you right now as you're listening, if you squeeze your shoulder blades, depress them, you kind of feel your lats kick on, yeah. right? So that's kind of, that's that's setting your scapula. Or, or I think, is it Matt Wenning or is it uh, Wendler who says something about stack the scap? Like, that's a really a, a quick cue to kind of scream at an athlete, stack the scap. Yeah. Um, I like that one. Um, but that's what that means, right? So that's the first thing that we do. I don't know why. It just kind of became part of the ritual to do that first. Yes. Because when you kick back, you usually lose that tightness and have to set it up again. Yeah. But I think it's just, it, it's the mindset of like, this is where I need to be yeah. when I'm going. Yes. Right? Like when I drive that bar off my chest, this better be the position I'm in. That's what I found thing. too. It's like, I, I kind of, you, you found it. And then when you went down, sometimes you would lose it. Sometimes you'd stay in it. But as soon as you got on the bar, you could shift yourself, stack your, yeah. stack the scaps back up again, yeah. and be like, "That's that's the spot." Right? And that's strictly a practice thing because when I was competitive lifting, like I could, it didn't matter how I flopped on a bench, I would default to the most powerful Rolls. fucking position possible. Right? <laughs> like I tell my athletes, like we, that's what I've talked about so far is the first step of the warm up. That's when I'll stop and say, "Okay, so sit down and try that now." Yeah. Right. So that's just one step of this whole process we're going to get into. Yes. Right. Um, but it, with how much experience I had bench pressing, it didn't matter. I didn't have to do all that setup. I just lay back and do it. With my athletes, I make sure whether it's an empty bar or their max, a max day or a speed day, full setup every set. You yep. know what I mean? Just yes. to get that practice in. Um, but yeah, that's just that just speaks to the importance of getting those repetitions if you're trying to master the technique you're bench press. Got you. Um, it took me five years before I was really comfortable explaining how to bench press yeah, you know what I mean to the point fair. where I was like yes this will help your bench press right? so I was just trying to figure it out myself yes um, okay, so, so anyway they're on the bench stack the scap yep. so at that point I have them kick back under the bar and I'm sort of I want them to slide so you're going to slide your head back off the bench pad so that the pad is sort of at your neck like top of your cervical spine Yep. Um, and then put your feet up on the end of the bench Grab the bar with whatever grip you're going to use, close, medium, or wide, um, and then almost like a like an inverted row or what we call an Australian pull-up. Yeah. Pull yourself to the bar and then drive your eyes under the bar. So your hips are going to arch up into the air and your eyes are going to be under the barbell so that when your head and neck and upper back is on the bench but your hips are up in the air, you're in a glute bridge essentially, yep. your eyes are directly under the bar while it's in the front of the J-hooks on the rack. Gotcha. That's a key point. The bar, we have really deep J-hooks on the rogue benches, so the bar has to be rolled to the front of the rack. Got you. Um, or else you're going to drive into the bottom of the pins. Okay, okay. 
Um, so from there, your eyes are under the bar. Now, I'm going to have the athlete drive their hips up into the air and drive their traps into the bench as hard as they fucking can. Yes. And they need to turn purple, and they need to be screaming for mercy and, like, as fucking hard as you can. This is the this is a big thing, and he is 100% not lying to you when he says, push yourself till you're purple. Like, you need yes. to feel... Exactly what it would be like if there was as much weight on you as possible. Yeah. So you know if you're the weight were to be on you, you're not going to go bump off the side of the bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the cue that I like to use is that when we bench press, we're not. I'm not thinking of pushing the bar away from myself. I'm thinking of pushing myself away from the bar yeah. and pushing the fucking earth down. Yeah. If you want to push the fucking earth down, you need to get some fucking drive through your upper back. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, but but that that's the key. The drive is in the upper back. Yep. Right. There's no there's no pressure on my neck or my head. It's all sort of. I guess, like, if you were to go from, like, the bottom of the scap, it's, like, three-quarters of the way up the scapula is where the pressure is sitting. Yes. Um, ironically, it's the spot where all the pain is in my upper back <laughs> these days, now that I'm washed up and retired. Um, but, yeah, that's where that's where all the pressure is going to sit. Um, and you really want to drive hard into there. And then once they get a feel for that and they're purple and they're uncomfortable and they hate training with me now, yeah. now I'm going to say, okay, drop one foot at a time and recreate that pressure with your feet flat on the ground. Yeah. Okay, and that's how you get that kind of, like, like Kevin talks about, with the driving your hips in there, we're trying to get you to understand how to feel it, and now this is how you have to do it, but I want you to get that feeling because you can't bench with your feet on the bench. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's not really a bench press. It would be a different exercise. So they're going to drop their feet down. They're going to recreate that pressure with the feet flat on the ground. And I say feet flat on the ground. If you're like a competitive power lifter and you want to tuck your feet under the bench and have your heels up, you can do that. I just, I never had any success with that in my career, so I don't teach it at all. I don't, I can, I, like I've read about people's, like how Dave Tate coaches it, how Dave Hoff coaches it, like, I'm not saying I'm an expert in how they coach it, yep. but like I've listened to their description of how to do it, and I've tried it, and I can't fucking figure it out. I just like to have my feet flat so that when I'm driving with my legs, I'm pushing the ground out and away at about a 45-degree angle. Got you. That's how I feel like I'm getting power into the bench, yep. and then I almost turn the bench press into like a push press. You know what I yes. mean? Yes, yeah. I, I kind of like heave... Even though, don't say that to the fucking power judge. <laughs> if they're listening, fucking earmuffs. But, like, I heave the bar up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so recreate that pressure, feet flat on the ground. Um, and then at that point, that's where I would stop them again and say, okay, now try that. Right? That's kind of step two, if yeah. you will. Um, the next thing we're going to do is unrack the bar. Um, but that's, like, so at this point, I'd be like, okay, now you need to try that. And we're hammering. Like, to, to teach the bench takes about 25 minutes before a plate gets loaded on the bar, a bar yeah. when it's their first time benching. Yep. Right? Okay. And then I get these fucking, the, the level ones are asking me, like, hey, how come I'm not benching? I'm like, motherfucker, I gotta <laughs> invest some serious time to teach you that. Like, you need to be ready yeah. for this shit. No. Because I'm like, it's, you would be amazed. If you think you're in good shape, let me teach you how to squat, bench, or deadlift. Yeah. Let me fucking take you through that technique because I'm going to make you get your body fucking tight. Yeah. And it is an exhausting thing. Like, the only thing you could probably compare it to is, like, an MMA fight. Yes. You know, where it's just constant struggle. struggle right? Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to escape it. You have to be tight. laying on top and of you, like, spreading you out, and you're trying to stay bro, tight, and it keeps trying to spread I've had you out. professional athletes pouring sweat, <laughs> and we ain't even unracked the bar. <laughs> right. Like, I'm talking about you got to be fucking tight. Yeah. You no, know? I, I mean it's where we got to. Uh, I, it, you're, it's a hundred percent the truth. You needed to be 
absolutely able to handle basically having I don't know, name the best UFC ground game guy just trying to spread yeah, you out Brock over Lesnar and over. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Like a you big dude like just trying to lay on you. On the fucking Trying gear. to squish <laughs> you. Uh, trying to squish you. Yeah. Like, that's, like that's what it is. So you're always trying to fight and stay tight even though that force is trying to make you relax. Like it's just not, it doesn't feel that natural. Yeah. But when that weight's on there, it feels like, thank God I am doing this, otherwise I'm dead. Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting, I kind of discovered this early in my career. I used to really like look up to Kai Green and listen to everything that he said. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how people would see him as a bodybuilder and see him as a freak and like, you know, with what that like what his body looks like, he doesn't belong in society, kind of thing. Yeah. And then he's his rebuttal was like, "Yeah, but you should see my body when it does what it's designed to do." do like, yeah. It looks so in place there. It's yeah. Pretty, you know what I mean? And it was sort of that was my kind of thing with like, with on the powerlifting side is like you're you have to be so big and just fucking like a barrel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just so bulky. And it's like you don't you don't fit through doors. You can't sit in cars. You know, I mean, like airplanes are a fucking night. Like you don't belong in society. But it's like let me let me show you this body bench pressing. Like this is what the fuck it does. It does like, yeah, and then there's fucking power in it. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. That's, yeah. So okay, um, so we got to talk unracking the bar now. Yeah, we're gonna talk about getting it out of the rack. Um, so once you get under this, you have all this power. Um, I learned helping you bench that is I could pull you out of all that good position because I felt like I had to pick it up as the liftoff guy. Yeah, yeah, as a liftoff guy, I'm trying to pick it up up for you, and it, it's really heavy, so I'm really worried. So I'm lifting up maybe a little too high, and I pull on you, and then all of a sudden you you lose your stack. And then, uh, and then what happens? And then Brad yells at you. <laughs> you get it? yelled at. You get, you get a little chewed out in front of everybody. <laughs> oh. Powerlifter Brad was grumpy. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Listen, lifting off and spotting in general is a is an art form. Yes, you know what I mean. It's a it's a skill, yep. and it's something you need to practice with your athletes. They need to be lifting each other off on speed day. Like I know Louis talks about no lift off on speed day, so you learn how to unrack it. I think that's important. Yep. But uh, you need to the the young athletes need to learn how to spot and and lift off on those days because the weight's light enough that if something does go, go wrong, wrong, yeah, they can save it. Yep. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, and and the key to being a great liftoff guy or a great liftoff girl is to know how to fucking unrack a bench press. Yes. Right? Exactly. And it's amazing when, like, when we were in sync with it, when you got good at the liftoffs, yeah. it was like fucking butter. Like, yeah. we could, we'd lift off 700 pounds solo. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And and the, the big part about it was knowing, uh, number one, what was best for you and listening to you. So, like, you have to be 100% present. Yeah. yeah, like if you just want to be the guy who lifts it off and then turns to your pal and starts talking, no, no, you've no. Had, you've had a shirt bust. Yeah. Like if I was turning and talking to someone with a shirt busted, and the three of us were ha ha ha, okay. would there be a Brad here right now? Okay, <laughs> like, there was one day we were I was in my shirt and I'd worked up to like four plates and we forgot to put the safeties in, but we didn't want to strip the weight down. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like. We're, we're like, man, I'm not. No, fuck that. So we, I kind of guessed. Like I couldn't remember exactly what hole they went in, and they weren't. They're not numbered for some reason, or they weren't at the time. Yeah. So I was like, that one's probably gonna work. <laughs> that right? one can I can I be honest with you? Like my biggest fear was that it would hit the because we were doing a two board bench. Yeah. My biggest fear is it would hit the pins before it touched the board, and I'd fucking it wouldn't count, <laughs> and yeah. Alex would fucking beat me. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I was more concerned of making sure everyone's like he was wondering if they were high enough to save his life. No motherfucker. <laughs> I was hoping they were low enough to not fuck up his lift. Right? Like when you go to your meet, you can set your safety heights, or you're supposed to set your safety heights. I always put those motherfuckers at zero. I'm not because if it touches, you miss the lift. Yes. Right. Yeah. Fuck that. I, I would have rather died. Yeah. Right. So anyway, we're putting these safes in. Like, yeah, I think they go there. 585 on the bar, off the board, boom, blow it up, get about three quarters of the way up, and it starts drifting on me over my face. Yeah. And I was like, this is coming back, this is going to bite. <laughs> and it fucking, it comes back into my eyes, and I remember, like, time stopped. And I'm like, <laughs> gee, I wonder if we set these safeties <laughs> to the right height. <laughs> oh, I'm not fucking kidding you, 585 hit the safeties, and it was kissing my nose. <laughs> I could feel the cold off the bar. <laughs> On, my, on the tip of my nose <sighs> and I was like that would have caved my skull in yeah. dude it happened so like time froze but it yeah. happened so fucking fast yeah when I had the blowout at uh, well, I think it was like 785 because it was reverse band yeah and it blew yeah and I, holy shit dude that <laughs> when we were there it didn't it, I, I couldn't register what happened. You like, guys couldn't have caught it faster, and it wasn't fast, fast enough. enough. Yeah, you know like, know what I mean? like, like we're there, and it's just all of a sudden it's on your chest, and we're you know like pulling up. Like yeah. it, it's like even if we grabbed it earlier, it would have pulled us down before we pulled it up. You yeah. know, like it, that's a that, lot of weight. How did that? It was I, a shirt. I pulled it out, and then I, it was when I was lowering it. The shirt. Yeah, you're, when you're right, I didn't right even get it low, it down. and it just went. I was like four inches off the chest, and yeah. the shirt went pop, and then. Ooh. Yeah, I it's... remember just I was holding all this air, and it hit me right like on the bottom of the sternum. And it was like, <laughs> it just left. Like, There's no way you're holding it in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. So once again, so spotting we've established right now absolutely crucial that you learn to be a good yeah, spot. I fucking forgot to answer the question. Because <laughs> you got to know how to unrack the bar. You got it. Coming a, back around here. Here we folks. go. <laughs> um, so the key to unracking the bar, I call it scraping the paint off the J-hook. Yeah. Right? So the, the big thing I see a lot of... Listen, football players are the worst for it. Yeah. But every every gym rat that wants to act like they know what they're doing but has no clue does this. And it's when you lay on the bench and just lift the bar out of the rack as high as you can, can and yeah. lift it out. Yeah. Okay. Now it's it's tough on a in a commercial gym because the benches have like a determined like I mean, there's usually two levels. Yeah, right? or three. We have yeah, yeah, we have a rogue bench where you can adjust the J hook and it adjusts every half inch, I believe, or one inch. Yeah. No, I think it's half inch on the bench, one inch on the squat. I think you're correct. Um, yes, yeah. <clears throat> so we can really dial in um, and if you're like if your bench doesn't have that then you're not in a real fucking gym go to a real gym to bench. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So adjust your bench height so that your close to locking out in your elbow because you do have to lift it that sort of quarter to half inch over the j-hook but you just make that a little bit of a lockout and you pop that 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 you flex the tricep and then the spotter is just guiding the bar but what we want to do is scrape the paint off the j-hook so what i mean by that is literally pulling the bar out with your lats and not lifting it at all yes right the bar from the rack to the uh to like the set position where you get your press call in competition or where you start the lift if you're if you know how to post the weight, which we'll talk about and bench properly, um, the 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 bar path from the start to that position is almost like a downward angle, right? It's it's a straight line until I get it on the shelf and then it dips about an inch. Yeah. Right. So I take an inch off my bench stroke. Yep. My shoulders get set back in a stable position, and then I'm able to really torque off the bar and, and create power. And it all comes from pulling the bar. If I lift the bar out of the rack, my shoulder blades pull apart, and all that tightness that we work so hard to build by driving your traps into the bench is fucking gone. Gone, yeah. Right? So, um, 
yeah, hold, pulling out, and I, and I call it scraping the paint off the J-hooks, because if you look at the J-hooks in our gym, they're painted black, but the, the lip is just silver, yeah. right? And our bars have no knurling where the J-hooks go, <laughs> really just we literally scrape it out of the rack. Um, that's, that's the real key. If you don't have that tuck once you have the bar on the shelf, then it's not going to fucking... It's, you're putting your shoulders at a lot more risk, and you're you're not going to have as much power pressing yeah. out of there. You know what I mean? Um, and then when I talk about putting the bar on the shelf, what you're doing as you pull the bar out, flex your lats as hard as you can, keeping your elbows straight. And then when you keep you keep flexing and pulling down, it's going to feel like you're going to dump the bar into your belly, and then you go like a half inch past that, and you just feel your shoulders sink back. Yes. And that's the shelf. That's you know the... what I mean? Now you're in the sweet spot. Yeah. That's the perfect spot for the bar to come down in a straight line and go up in a straight, straight line, line, which is the only proper way to bench press. Don't talk to me. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, so I guess you touched on bar path. So I guess right there, bar path, that crucial, crucial, crucial. Listen, it's not. I'm not saying that like if the bar drifts over your face, it's the end of the fucking world. Yeah. But if it's max effort day and you're working up and you have one drift over your face and you cue the athlete, hey, straight line, and you go up a little bit and that one drifts over the face, you know, depending on who the athlete is, maybe one more cue, hey, straight line. But if on that third attempt it drifts over the face again, then that's your technical max. You are not. We're not going up any higher. Yeah. Because that's when we're at risk for injury. That's when we're creating rotation through the shoulder under load. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's when we see impingements and then even worse, the tears and then the ruptures and shit. Yeah. So we're, I'm, I'm not trying to have that. Yes, exactly. Bar path is always a straight line. The sh- and the shortest point, bet- or the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. You can always move more weight over a shorter distance. Yes, exactly. Simple biomechanics. So it, it's making sure that once you get that bar, once you scrape that... Uh, once you scrape the paint. Once you scrape the paint and it's in that pocket, it's going down and up you don't need to see the bar over your eyes it's going down over your chest so don't try to see the bar the whole time because if you look at that when you're doing it your arms are way up high your elbows are flaring out yeah like it's it's not conducive to a, a strong bench yeah and when you keep in mind when you arch up the point at which the bar touches becomes a lot lower on your chest because now your sternum is up in the air right yeah you're not arching your lower back. Your lower back should be neutral. What you're arching is your upper back. Yep. And it's not... The the arch is going to differ from person to person, right? And especially with athletes, I don't want a super big arch. I want more... I want closer to a neutral spine, a little bit of an arch up. You yep. know what I mean? For powerlifters, we'll really try to push that arch as high as we can to get as much of, of an advantage as we can. Exactly. Um, but is it worth the health consequences for athletes definitely not. No, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so you're arching through your upper back and you're you're... I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? Uh, on too many their, tangents. Their arch, and then you're talking about bar pass. So you're on trying to make sure that they don't arch your back too much because it'll hurt their yeah, back. Yeah, arch, you arch through your right. upper back, not your lower back. <laughs> there you go. And the bar has to go in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. So, this is what it's like in real life talking to me, too. <laughs> it, it, sometimes it goes, sometimes it comes back. You never know. Right, so my, I guess my, my next question is, is going to be um, now that, because we've done basically everything that kind of is re- involving the, the movement, obviously there's some other things. I think what would be also a really good idea is maybe do a video as well now to come along with this. It would be really cool for yeah. someone to see the, the whole kind of thing really done technically because it, saying it is a lot. There goes but, Kevin giving me some more work to do. Yeah, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you guys out. Thank you later. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we can, no, we can do that for sure. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess we're wondering about, uh, I have a question here, was best way to uh, increase your bench numbers, one rep max, 225, etc.? Just in general, Just I in think general. the most important thing to do would be to increase your strength. Yeah, right. Let's. I mean, we're assuming you're not like a level one athlete who it's your first day in the gym. Like, yeah, we're talking everything makes you athletes. stronger. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, essentially, what I would do. Well, let me let me get some water here. This is going to be a little bit of a. <laughs> we're about to get a lot of words, people. <laughs> <laughs> so. Basically, you need to have two two bench days a week. You need to have your dynamic effort day and your max effort day. Yep. They need to the 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 max effort day needs to occur seventy two hours after the dynamic dynamic effort day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of that dynamic effort day as sort of a primer for the max day. Um, so on your dynamic day for us is Monday. Um, the big thing is bar speed, right? We're trying to move submaximal weights and maximal velocity. Volumes are going to be incredibly high. The intensities are going to be quite low. So we're generally about 50 to 60 percent of the one rep max, 25 percent band tension. Um, so that'd be a total of 70 to 85 percent at the top, which is kind of speed strength uh, percentages to get speed strength velocities. Yep. So with that day, we're really focusing on developing rate of force development and speed strength. Um, basically, like if we think of different types of strength as like gears in your car, this is first and second gear. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is your ability to build up power and, and kind of exert it on the barbell or on whatever you're trying to move. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, so that would be, that's Monday's workout. So we hit that, uh, the dynamic effort bench, generally about nine triples uh, for speed work. Volume bench is a little bit different. Um, we may, for powerlifting, I, I went as high as 15 triples. Um, and we, once in a while, we'll do that with the athletes, but not very often. Um, you hit your speed work and then some type of secondary movement to build up your weak point. If you're missing your, which we'll, we'll talk about on max effort day, if you're missing out of the bottom, then you probably need to build up your lats, uh, your chest, and your delts. If you're missing at the top, you probably need to build up your triceps and your upper back. Yep. Um, so that's what your secondary movement is for, a compound movement to kind of address that. So say your triceps are your weak point, we may hit a floor press there, you know, for anywhere from three to five sets of three to eight reps kind of thing. Yep. A nice heavy compound movement uh, could be like a, a board press or like a rollback dumbbell extensions with heavy dumbbells. Um, and then we'll have a... Uh, That'll be our first secondary, but actually before that, I kind of I'm off track because I'm doing it in my head. But we have our triphasic uh, emphasis movement, yep. right? So we'll either eccentric emphasis, isometric, or concentric emphasis, depending on where we are within the macro cycle. But uh, just some type of press uh, in, with with those suggested tempos, anywhere from two to three sets of five to eight reps, kind of thing. Um, and then your secondary movement, compound movement, and then get into some accessories to build up those weak points with bodybuilders, bodybuilder style exercises. Yep. Um, anywhere from three to eight sets of 10 to 30 reps. I don't know, somewhere. somewhere. Just high Some rep shit, you know what I mean? Mix it up. <laughs> it's also a good place to put connective tissue work, really high rep band work uh, if you want to do it there. <clears throat> and then you need something to build your GPP. Uh, and then mobility work and you're out the door so that would be your speed day 72 hours later would be your max effort day so instead of speed work now you're going to do some type of max movement and work up to a max single maybe double or triple every once in a while but generally i like to do singles uh with as a power lifter and with my athletes uh, and it's usually almost always i should say some type of specialty exercise so it's not a bench press it's it's a board press uh, a floor press a pin press um a specialty bar, football bar, duffalo bar, Swiss bar, Anderson bar, whatever. Yep. It's a specialty movement of some sort, right? Um, 
And yeah, working up to a really heavy single in that, generally you want to get about three reps in the 90 plus percent range. So something at 90%, something at 95-ish percent, and then something at 103% kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and then shoot for that new PR. As long as you struggle against the weight, you'll get stronger. Yep. Whether it's because it, it's not always going to be a PR. Sorry to burst your fucking bubble. <laughs> um, but as long as you struggle against the weight, you will get stronger in the long run. So yeah. kind of take those L's when you get them. Yeah. Um, and then after that, your all your secondary, your triphasic, your accessories would look the same as your Monday workout. Um, do some more GPP work, some more mobility work, um, and just be consistent with that. Remember, they have to occur 72 hours apart because that's how much time you need to uh, recover from extreme uh, workouts. And then, yeah, that'll build your maximal strength, which if you're like, if you want to build up for the 225 test, you'd have to add some type of some some lactic work to that right some yeah. high rep benching and, and band work and stuff like that um just to kind of build up your conditioning for it mm -hmm. um, but basically raising your one rep max is going to raise the number of reps you can do at 225 35, right because yeah, if 225 course. is 50 percent of your max and you get stronger and now it's 40 percent of your max you can do more reps with 40 percent yes you just have to be conditioned enough to do it got you um i guess i have another one question for you about grips uh close grip uh wide grip uh, mid grip I love the mid grip I got in trouble for staying in there too much <laughs> with, me? with me or with, uh, with you like you're like I remember uh, yeah. do I have to though <laughs> football yeah football coaches love to you gotta bench close you gotta bench close yeah which is true you know you definitely should and uh, our athlete like my athletes bench 66% of their bench reps are done with a close grip right on yep. speed day and on max day damn near 100% of the max work is done with a closer or medium grip. Yeah. <coughs> but, uh, yeah. So our close grip is, uh, if you have, if you imagine like a barbell in front of you, where the, the smooth and the knurling meet in the yeah. middle of the bar, yep. close grip is pointers on the knurling at that point. A medium grip is about half of your thumb off of the smooth. So kind of measure your thumb where the knurling and the, and the smooth part of the bar start from the center of the thumb out is a medium grip. And then wide grip for athletes will be pinky on the ring. Um, that's how I started as a power lifter with those three grips. Eventually, I got too wide for that. Yeah. So the close grip, I couldn't touch my chest because my fucking it was forearms would hit my arms before <laughs> I could get down. Right? So too at big. that point... Too, yeah, too fucking wide. <laughs> At that point, my close grip became the medium grip, so half a thumb off the smooth. My medium grip became pinkies on the ring, and then my wide grip was my competition grip with my pointer on, or my middle finger, sorry, on the ring. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'd sneak out to the pointer, but that kind of flared up my uh, my shoulder when I'd do that, so I didn't do it much. Um, but yeah, train, train those grips evenly for strength. Um, if like if your goal is general strength, if you're a football player. Try to get about six. Well, I had sixty-six percent, but anywhere from like fifty to seventy percent with yeah. the close to medium grips. Um, but don't be afraid of the wide grip and don't ignore it, right? Because you do need to be strong out there. Sometimes you got to reach out and grab a jersey and hang on. Yeah, right. Your you life. don't want your fucking pec ripping off because you never explored a range outside of your fucking shoulders. Yes, you know when you were when you were pressing or or rowing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, definitely all the grips need to be trained. Got you and. Uh... I guess what what do those grips strength like? What's the difference in strength? Like, uh, am, if I do close grip, am I only hitting my triceps? If I do wide grip, yeah. am I hitting my shoulders more? Like, what like is that? 
with with any lift, like it's impossible to isolate any muscle. Right? Yes. So different grip will emphasize different muscles, but everything that's involved in pressing is going to work regardless. Yep. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, the close grip is going to be more triceps, uh, and the wide grip is going to be more pec and and a lot more rotation through the shoulder. Yep. Um, I guess kind of the rotation would kind of depend on your build. You know what I mean? If you're if you're a skinny long arm person, it's a lot more rotation through the shoulder. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's they're they're uh, it's not really like I said. You're going to train your pressing muscles regardless. But uh, rather than thinking about what muscles they work, I just kind of try to match the biomechanics to the sport. Right? Like I don't really care what muscles are involved in the close grip bench press. I just know that that's where football is played, so that's where you kind of should be yes. majority of the time kind of thing. Right? Got you. Okay, okay. And then I have one last question, and it's about the secret uh, tool you have uh, at your gym, the fat pad. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I have two of them. Two now. Ooh. Yeah, well, I've been had two. I know, you had two for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the... Uh, why you wouldn't have a fat pad knowing they exist like respect your athletes man get a fat pad <laughs> they're they're just wider thicker pads right so we're i should have pulled up the dimensions on my laptop but uh they're just they're wide enough that i felt like i could fit on it when i was powerlifting we talked about being too wide for a close grip right yep. so when you're that wide and and most offensive and defensive linemen are most linebackers are yeah. that wide that a normal bench pad in your commercial gym is just going to sit between their shoulder blades you know what i mean and then you get that 400 500 pounds pushing down on them their shoulder blades kind of encompassing the pad that's a dangerous fucking position to be in you know you're really putting a lot of a lot of things at risk uh, uh, being there so the fat pad is nice because it supports the entire back uh, but it also is thick enough and soft enough that it allows scapular motion so as you come down your scaps can come together and kind of get out of the way of your your humerus and then as you press your scaps can come apart as you press through into the top gotcha right so it's just it's it's way more comfortable it's way safer and it's got like an anti-slip like coating yeah on. like that's one yeah. thing i found like as soon as i put my uh because i always wore like a, a hoodie it's always like under armor or something yeah like, and and really yeah, when you material. yeah when you get down to it yeah, yeah and you if you put your back onto it it literally was like like solid as a rock where i found like some benches like they would come with like a like that leather like and a film on yeah like a leather with like a film and but like, as it got worn on with time, it literally is just an oil slick. Yeah. Like there, like I worked. Uh, we both used to work at a, a gym uh, in our town called the Trileisure, and at the point you were already gone, they were literally putting on bands. Like people yeah. put a band over the yeah, the bench across the yeah, bench to get so some that grip. they can get some grip. Yeah. Like it's literally just an oil slick. Yeah. And so the fat pad eliminates the need for that. And you're like, if you are slipping at all, like. When it's really cold in the gym, you might slip on the fat pad, but add some chalk. Like, just chalk your back a little bit, and it'll fucking... It grips like right, crazy. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's, there's, not, there's nothing worse than, like, driving, like, a 700-pound bench out of the bottom, and your back starts to slip. <laughs> and you're like, this is right like, well, this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're bleeding a lot of fucking power, man. <laughs> you know? These horses just <laughs> escaping out that gate. Yeah. <laughs> that was... As soon as that shit came out, I got it. 
Yeah. Like the day it came out. Yeah, and yeah. absolutely notice the difference. It's crazy. It sucked to go to competition, and then you lay on the bench and start warming up. You're like, fuck. <laughs> like, it, my pecs hurt extra, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was like, like, why do we have to, like, especially in powerlifting where we're all this big. Like, I yeah. was not, it was not strange to see a Brad backstage powerlifting, you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. all looked like that. Exactly. Like, why are we still benching on puny pads? This is I, very true. Very I'll, true. I'll well, because everyone did it. Otherwise, it's the way it was. That's what we do. If you if you change it up, it's not real anymore. If you don't walk out your squat, a squat, it doesn't count. Change is bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I feel like that's it for questions I got for you. Uh, we should move on to the hip hop. Hip hop a little bit. Hip hop. You got you got something you want to go? Yes, first? I do. I do. Go I got one. I've been listening to Flexecution by Logic. I love that song. It's uh, part of... Um, Logic's dope. He really is, man. He's just good. He's just good through and through. And it's uh, he's got like... It's like a trap beat. And him just like spitting like this lyrical whirlwind on it. And it, it's really good. So uh, if you get a chance, check out Flexecution. Uh, there's that album. I forget what the album's called. I should probably have it. But I think I just have the single on here. So I don't even have it um, up front and center. But it is... Uh, it's a really, really good album. Um, he called it, oh, Bobby Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did Bobby Tarantino 2. Not as good as the first one. The first one was just magic. Like, it was this, it was this venture into him trying out trap music. Yeah. And it's just so much better than, you know, uh, like, three t- mumbling. Like, you, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. Could, the, you can really, like, the beats are so nice. Like, the trap beat is really cool. So, like, spin yeah. something real over it. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, or just keep your trap shit. <laughs> it ain't for me. It is what it is. But Logic is mad talented. And that's like, I respect that he can do that. Yeah. He can do a trap album. I'm not going to listen to it, but like I respect that you can do it. Yeah. That's dope. You hear M's new verse on this. This was going to be my was Boogie. Have you listened to Boogie yet? No. I don't know nothing about I just started listening to it yesterday, but this album is fucking crazy. Boogie, okay. Boogie. I'm doing it right now. It's the, I forget the name of the album, but it's like him... And they're like him and his boy, and they're decked out in like blood red clothes, carrying a casket. Okay. Um, I forget the name of the album, but it just came out. And uh, there's a song on there, "Rainy Days," I think, with Eminem. Okay. Whew. And M comes hard on that shit. It might be one of the best verses I've ever heard from M. Yeah. Like he comes fucking hard on that. Wow. And, uh, he uh, he does like a little Migos flow at the end, like kind of the the verses sort of. It's sort of a trip through his journey in addiction and how everyone said his writing fell off. And basically, because he would just talk about, like, he would just diss celebrities that rhymed with words. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of, that became his thing. Yeah. But his, the point of the verse is him sort of saying, well, if you were fucking tripping off, you know, Termazapad or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah, whatever he was taking at the time. Expensive like, he's, like, he, he's like, I couldn't think of any, that's just... You know, I had to write because I had to put out material, and that's what the fuck I could write about at the time. Gotcha. Um, and then he sort of, it's sort of his journey through that, and then to where he's at now, where everyone's like, "Well, I just want to hear him spit trap flow, and I just want to hear him rap like the Migos." Can you do that? Mm-hmm. So he kind of like half-heartedly does it, like as a joke. Yeah, kind of like middle finger to it. Yeah. Well, it's not even. I don't know if it's a diss as much as it's just kind of him like, "Here, fuck it, you want it? Like, fuck, stop asking." Me. You know, <laughs> leave me so, alone. But like, it's it's a dope verse, and he came with it really, really fucking hard. I think the be- the best line of the verse is he's something about like. Uh, like a shepherd 
like a shepherd fucking a sheep, fuck what you heard or something. No. Or like a shepherd having sex with a sheep, fuck what you heard. <laughs> that's actually that's good. That's wild. <laughs> that's that's dope. It's that, the whole verse is like deep punchline shit like that. Yeah. And Boogie is just I don't know what he I don't know if it's R and B or if it's rap. It's just it's kind of like a new age Kanye. I think you'll like it. Okay, okay, it's good. Just I'm, art. Oh. It's just artistic. It's fucking gangster as fuck. Yeah. But it's like it's not. Like a Vinnie Paz album is just punch you in the face rap. Yeah. You know, some intellectual tracks, some spiritual shit, but mostly just punch you in the face. But this dude, he'll sing, and, he'll rap. This okay, song a is a fucking, of, almost an instrumental with him, like, kind of just doing humming his on, thing it, on it. Maybe? Like, it's just, it's crazy how. I'm in. I'm in. You got me. You sold me. And it's I... hard to tell what is, like, you just push play and it just takes you through the album. You gotcha. don't know the song is changing it. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's one of those, like, like everything's kind of smooth. That's in what the it one. feel. That's what it felt like. Because I just, I was sitting there listening to it and didn't even realize, like, the album had went by. <laughs> I was just kind of lost in the moment with got it. Got you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's dope. Boogie, man. Check that out. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Also, I, speaking of lyrics like that, I also heard. Um, there's one lyric that I totally miss. Um, it was on Kill Jay Z. He's like, uh, oh. "In the future, other uh, <laughs> other playing football uh, with your son." son. Yeah. And I was like, no, "Like, yeah, well, of course, because you're in prison. That's what he's talking about." Yeah. I'm like, "Wait a second, future." Yo, I'm in the midst of a deep dive on 444. <sighs> Lyrically, it's incredible. Wild. The storytelling. It's unbelievable. The subliminals, it's like crazy. the line, like he in the one. What song is it? I forget the name of this. It might have been Moonlight or something. But he's like, you know, he makes it sound almost like he's not saying anything. But what he says is, "You egg Salon John, right? Like you eggs like in the in yeah. the elevator. Like, you <laughs> egg Salon John, like you yeah. told her to hit you. Like yeah. actually, it was on Kill Jay Z. Yeah, it was on Kill Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, because that's Salon his John. letter to himself. Like yeah. basically, what Kill Jay Z is as an intro track is like him speaking to his ego. Yeah, and he's like, let's dead this ego. so yeah. we can have a serious conversation. Station. Yeah, like he did a podcast with Title with his company Title. Yeah, and when that album came out, that he kind of explained it. And it's a really beautiful way. That he kind of the album is designed like it's like it's grown man hip hop, you know. I understand really why the is. young generation didn't get it, yeah, because it's something I don't even really appreciate right now. But it's like grown man shit, and so it's like the first song is his letter to himself where he addresses his. He's like, let's dead this ego so we can have a real conversation. conversation yeah, and then he kind of exposes everything really? about Sean Carter. You yeah, know what I mean, like it doesn't even you know when it's like. When he does bam, he's like, fuck all this pretty Sean Carter shit. Oh, <laughs> Sean was on that gospel <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know oh, it's hove when the ego is it. here rapping, but yeah. the rest of the album is just Sean Carter yeah. talking to his, his daughter and his soon to be born kids and, and yeah, his twins. wife. Yeah, and his, you know wife, what I yeah. mean? Like, it's. 444. That's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Thank you. That, I listened to that, like, on repeat, and I literally was, like, in tears. Almost because it's such a passionate ride of him to, you know, having to bear, like having everything laid bare to his daughter. Well, I can't imagine the, like, the timing of it with you having your son as, like, like, Kate is, like, incubating as that album comes <laughs> out. Not, you know, know what I mean? mean? Like, like, he's, that, that's got to be a trip because you kind of make that transition from where I'm at, where it's like, a young adult into like now you're a father yeah you know like it's, it opens a different world than and uh, it's just listening to it is it, it, him 
like saying like who like he he's made all these mistakes. You know, he's like, I didn't realize what womanizing was until I had a daughter. I didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I should have figured that out ahead of time. Like, it's like, this isn't like, oh, now everyone has, if you have, a, if you have a daughter, you shouldn't treat women bad. It's like, you shouldn't treat women bad, period. I'm an idiot. Yeah. And it took me to have a daughter to figure that Holy out. Fuck. You I know? try to explain that shit to the kids at the gym. You know what I mean? Like the young generation. Yeah. Cause I'm like, they'll, I'm like, man, I don't want to hear this brat, this bitches, bitches, bitches. I got so many bitches. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Like, yeah. Cut that shit. I don't. You know, they, I get that it's a part of hip hop and it happens, but like I'm so sick of the music where that's all it is. We don't listen to that in the gym. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. They, don't, they don't understand it. <laughs> like it, it just turns out we should respect women. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird simple, right? Weird. It's a weird you concept. <laughs> but hey, uh, I guess you know. Let's wrap this one up. That was, it's a. It, I thought I've got some real stuff done here, and now it's going to come with some video. We went so in. you got Holy some work. <laughs> you got some work. So it'll do. come with it. As soon as I finish writing my book, it'll come <laughs> with fucking video. I'm going to try to get we'll, some video. Attach it in there, a little like a little attachment. <laughs> right got to run a gym at some point. Like <laughs> All right, appreciate y'all checking us out. Yeah, we'll be back next week with another one. New Mike, new life. New, Mike, <laughs> uh, new Mike, who this? Peace. This is brought to you by Head to Head Productions. We want to thank you guys for listening. You're the only reason we exist. So keep on liking and sharing.